rolling. Hello there, Andy and Zach. Hello. Back at the kitchen table for this, another episode of the A to Z No BS Show. And trigger warning for anyone out there who deadlifts heavy. Or doesn't. <laughs> or doesn't. Or has, or has uh, something to say about it. Uh, so, a little, little bit of context. Andy was telling me about a text message that he got. Well, specifically a question that he got from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, questioning the validity or the necessity or the value of heavy deadlifts. Right. So, uh, Andy Van, take it away. What's uh, what's what's going down in your in your DMs right well, now? Well, you know, I had to take that jab. That second text I sent, I had to take that jab. I was like, the only people that ever complain about the validity of a heavy deadlift are people who can't deadlift that much. And I think, of you, I think you and I both agree. I doubt this guy who's like, oh, good at pulls five plates, like five wheels, and is like, I can do it, but I just don't get it. I doubt that. Right. I mean, he might, but right. he might also be one of those guys that like tweaked his back at 225, and now it's forever never going to be irrelevant. And I'll be like, okay, I guess you're just going to be soft forever. Yeah. Well, and I mean, also, as, as we've said before, as Dan John would say, when you say a deadlift, what do you mean by deadlift? You know, because speaking to an obvious point, a tight setup, a uh, emphasis on super strong technique, midfoot balance, close bar path, all that nerdy stuff. A lot of people deadlift super heavy and have never thought twice about engaging their lats or keeping their back straight or anything else right so for sure there is some ego lifting that happens on the deadlift platform but those who are students of the deadlift or students of powerlifting and heavy lifting we know that there's a lot more to it right when i also too and you know this better than i do because you actually competed but like what, what are the lights white lights you get white lights if you stand up straight right with the bar yes so technically each judge so there's three judges in powerlifting each judge is looking for a certain criterion a certain set of standards and rules on each lift so you have two side judges and one head judge forward-facing judge and each one of them are obviously looking at mostly the same things but obviously have their own vantage points but yeah speaking to your point in powerlifting, you're you're judged by a number of things, but the deadlift is pretty simple. And yes, the lockout, the standing tall, is is a big part of so the standard. Everything between the floor and that standing tall position, none of it really matters if you stand tall. That's not true. Okay, so you could look like a giant earthworm curved over like that, and as long as you locked it out, it doesn't count? Oh, no, I'm sorry. There is a lot that does count in between, is, is what I meant to well, say. Well, from a, from a mechanical tension, all, like all the nerdy stuff, right? But, but to, to white, get white lights, it just has to get locked out, right? False. So even, okay, so we're already <laughs> you, tripping up here. Yes, yes we are. Now, I, I know the tree that you're barking up. Um, so the rounded back conversation is a little bit different. Specifically what I'm thinking of are things like hitching the bar 
or ramping the bar okay. or like rebending your knees, stuff like that. Okay. So probably, so the, probably not what you were thinking. Right. But yeah. Okay. But yes, you can get away with some, what we would probably call pretty sloppy and maybe even pretty unsafe technique um, that would still technically be within the standards of right. white light standards. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, we won't go down that path. So anyway, I don't know if I want to read the full text message, but the basic gist. Oh, I think you should read the full text <laughs> message. All right. So talking about that. All right. So a client of mine texted me today and asked me, how would you respond to this, I guess, text or conversation? Quote, this is, so this is a friend of my clients, not my client. A friend of my clients is stirring up shit, stirring up controversy. Mm. Now, for background, and I will come back to this, apparently this guy is a, air quotes, I'm just going to say air quotes, current day bodybuilder and former D1 football player. So he's not nobody in terms of fitness. He's, he's done fitness, I'm guessing. Okay. I think deadlifts are purely a look-at-me lift for people who aren't athletic. It's like the same people who leg press. They just want to do something that has a high number attached to it. I don't think you are doing anything but straining your back, which I can never, I can't read that without laughing. <laughs> you would be much better off going lightweight and doing it explosively with a jump. People who are deadlifting heavyweight have zero intention of ever doing anything athletic, and I still laugh at that. They just want to say they picked up heavyweight, <laughs> which again I laugh at because that's quite literally the point of the deadlift. Thank you for explaining the deadlift. You're just doing those bicep curls because you want big arms. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yes. I found you out. That's quite literally the point, but thank you for pointing that out. So I said you're comparing apples and oranges. You can be athletic and very strong. They aren't mutually exclusive endeavors. You're judging the utility of a heavy deadlift against, I'm going to say air quotes, pure athleticism, like they can't be com like compatible when they are. Further, air quotes, power, or jumping, like jumping or being explosive is contingent on being strong in the first place because power is force over distance. Actually, it's technically force over, it's like force times distance divided by time. Did you know that? Of course I knew that, Andy. Okay. Of course. I'm a, I'm a gentleman scholar. Low force for the same distance is low power. High force for the same distance is high power. So force matters. And force is how much weight you can move. Right? Mass and acceleration. Mass and right? acceleration. So F equals MA. Yeah. Greater strength allows for greater power. So if you want to be explosive, you've got to be strong. Lastly, if we're judging lifting against lifting standards, then having a strong deadlift or leg press is a relevant measurement. That's the platform for which you are performing. That's the field of play, right? What does, air quotes, athleticism mean? Is someone who runs marathons athletic? Is um, someone who sprints 400 meters? Or someone who catches balls one-handed while hitting post routes? Or someone who bowls a 300? Or someone who climbs cliff faces? Who is athletic? What is athletic? What terms are we using to judge athleticism? And in all of those endeavors, would being stronger help or hurt those endeavors? And then I go on to say, just to take an easy jab because it cuts both ways, people who say things like, 
air quotes, deadlifts aren't athletic, have a poor understanding of athleticism and lifting and their mutual benefit, and that person is probably really weak to begin with. So the short answer to this question is, have you tried not being so soft? Drop the mic. So if we want to, so if we want to dissect this, I don't know where this guy is coming from as far as like deadlifts aren't athletic and you just want to live just, it reminds me of like my, my brother used to do, he, he crossfits now and he's pretty jacked. Um, he used to do P90X and he had this weird phobia that he like, it, to me it was weird. He's like, well, I don't want to lift really big weights because I don't want to get too bulky. And I was like, bro, I'm over here like 16 years in trying to get bulky and it's not working that easily. Like, oh my God. <laughs> it's still not working. I looked, I looked at the weights and got giant. And this is a conversation that we have with all of our clients. Like, yeah. you and I are over here like trying to be big. It's not working. <laughs> As bad you're, as that self own is. Like, you're like looking at me and then you're trying to look at yourself and you're like, I am, how do I I'm looking at myself like I'm not like, enormous. Well, I, I like, wish well, that I were and I I'm like, not. Come on, Eddie, don't this be mean. It's not accidental. You don't just accidentally get huge or whatever. <laughs> but so I don't know where this guy's coming from. And he's a former D1 athlete, so I imagine he's had his fair share of lifting. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Obviously, we are in a bubble of like nerdy trainer, strength coach types. And even in people who are kind of, you know, in the same ballpark are in their own bubbles. So certainly different athletes, you know, how a football player looks at training versus how a baseball or a basketball player looks at training versus how a bodybuilder looks at training you know, so much just depends on, you know, your experience and God knows, especially in this day and age, like what, you know, Reddit rabbit holes, like you've gone down or yeah. who, you know, what, what wacky gurus do you follow, you know, on the internet? Um, dude, I mean, speaking of wild gurus, I still have people every now and then who like with a straight face, tell me about the stuff they've learned from the dude from Functional Patterns. Oh, God. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want anybody to go Googling him because he's terrible. Yeah. So, so speaking to that point, like people who I would otherwise not think were like co-opted or brainwashed or like right. should know better, like drop some names. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, it's like your aunt who posts about QAnon on Facebook. It's like, oh, Susan, I thought you knew better than to engage in these wild conspiracy right. theories. But... All that to say, um, yeah, you never know. So, like, you never want to pass judgment on somebody that you don't actually know. But to give maybe this person, like, the benefit of the doubt, especially if he is, like, a bodybuilder or at least maybe engages in the hobby of bodybuilding type workouts. I'm going to go with the latter. Which, Lord knows, that's that, that's a huge gulf. That's, right. that's a huge difference. It's also a huge swath of basically everybody who weight trains now. Right. Basically. I mean, right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's funny, like, the, the ego and the ideas that people wrap up in something like the gym or fitness or training. And I think... Thinking back to like how I used to think as a much younger man, it's almost kind of like 
your motivation and your inspiration to go in one direction is almost fueled by the the opposite or of what you stand against you know so you know on the one hand it's like the classic thing like you know a a, a stereotypical bodybuilder might be super duper anti powerlifter right you know just because that's that's just the primitive uh you know reptile brain way of like i'm on this team you're on that team never the twain shall meet and yeah. so therefore if you're on that team everything that you do must be wrong and everything that i do must be right and even though we know that when you look at the nuance there's a venn diagram of so much that overlaps a lot of people specifically dudes who may or may not be clouded by poor thinking or testosterone or other supplements might totally miss all of that and then that's how you get to some of these you know ridiculous statements like heavy deadlifts are unathletic right and what is it what is it i was about to say I was about to say, what does a bodybuilder care about being athletic in the first place? But apparently he was a, a former D1 athlete, so there's something there, but yeah. So basically, we have to, if we're going like, to judge whether an exercise is good or bad, then we have to qualify for what? Mm. Is it like a deadlift, if you're a powerlifter, is critical. That Venn diagram is one circle. You should deadlift if you want to compete at powerlifting. It's part of the sport. If you start using, like, let's anchor the deadlift and then ask, like, is deadlifting good for golf? Maybe. I don't know. I think being strong generally is probably good for golf, but I don't think having a really strong max deadlift necessarily translates to a great... 18 hole court. I don't I don't know. I don't play golf. So the point well, I'm you take to, a you take a club and you you hit a little golf ball. You hit a you hit a ball and then if you're and strong goes, like me, you walk the course. That's right. You you, you <laughs> hoist your your club. No, I'm going to roll the club. I'm not going to carry the club, but I'm roll. But I'll walk anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's how you play golf. That's how you Just play golf. Little, Wax the balls mini, into holes. Little little mini lesson there for you. Um Having a really, really strong deadlift, is it good for um, swimming? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Point is, if we, you have to, when you ask questions or say stuff like the deadlift is just an ego lift, well, for most of us, me and you and our listeners and most everybody that engages in physical activity in the gym, which is almost everybody, should they deadlift? I don't know. They can if they want to. And chasing that to an end of a one rep max, is that relevant? I don't know. That person needs to answer that question. I don't see the harm in it. If you can do it safely and effectively and you enjoy doing it, great. If you don't enjoy it or it's unsafe or you don't know what you're doing, then it's probably not. So you can't just flat out say the deadlift is a silly exercise. It might be silly for some, but it might also be critically important for others. I think knowing how to hip hinge and do it well is probably a critical skill, whether you do that with a kettlebell or a trap bar or a barbell and you do light loads or medium loads or super heavy loads. It depends on the individual and what their goals are. 
So you can't just flat out say the deadlift is silly and unathletic. And then now we have to, again, going back to the text, what does athleticism mean? How are we judging athleticism? I'll cut this guy some slack. So he's a former D1 football player, right? Mm. I don't think a max, one rep max deadlift is relevant to most football players. Maybe a three to five rep max for like O-line because they start in a hinge pattern. O-line, D-line, having a really heavy deadlift is a relevant exercise for those guys. I would, I would say that. For your um, receivers and your um, like cornerbacks, like other field players, quarterback, having a decent sub-max dead is probably relevant, but I don't think a max deadlift carries over into like athleticism, air quotes, on a football field. Mm. So again, we're, u- we're even using the same frame of reference of ath- air quotes athleticism and football and the deadlift. Even per position, the deadlift has varying degrees of relevancy to on-the-field play. As a sidebar, this is something that I have to remind my clients, too. If you're... Who was it? Saquon Barkley was a running back for Penn State many years ago. And he could squat, barbell squat, four reps in the 700s. Yeah, it's bananas. You need to YouTube it one of these days. Having a one rep max for Saquon Barkley because he's a running back, I don't think that's a relevant strength number, right? And there's a ton, you know, you and I both know, there's a ton of risk for going that heavy. Sure. His job is to run a football up the field as hard and fast as he can. I don't think a one rep max translates well to that task. Being able to do multiple reps of deadlifts and squats probably helps that task. He can mm-hmm. still get hella strong without ever having to test what his deadlift is or what his squat is. Yeah. And his job, again, going back to the grand picture, his job is to perform on the field. If what we're doing in the gym takes you, like hurts you or inhibits you or, or reduces your performance on the field, then all of a sudden the goal, the task of deadlifting five, a thousand pounds, whatever, for Saquon Barkley, that goal has superseded the actual ultimate goal, which is getting paid to run a football upfield. Mm. Right. I tell my clients this all the time. If what we do in the gym affects your life negatively outside of it, then we need to reevaluate what we're doing in the gym. And it's a conversation to have probably daily. How'd you sleep? How'd you feel? How's your shoulders, nips, knees, whatever? If you're coming in and you're like, ah, I felt beat up all weekend and I couldn't enjoy my soccer game with my kids. I'm like, that's a problem. That's a me as your coach problem that we need to solve. You're fired. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, outside of obviously the sport of powerlifting, um, a deadlift should serve the goal of whatever the sport is. And I think another fallacy of some kind is just this idea that like heavy deadlifts are the goal. It's almost like the heavy deadlift or even like the max of almost any lift is simply a byproduct. It's not necessarily something that you are particularly training for. I mean, although that is kind of obvious, but the way that I look at it is if you are getting, if you're getting better at the skill of a lift, it's going to go up on its own. Right. My, you know, 
the way that I, I try to even remind myself of my own training is every time I do an exercise, I'm not trying to do this exercise heavier. I'm trying to do it better. Right. And if and oftentimes, especially over the course of time, as you get bigger and stronger, which I have. Nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> which I have been. Um, then going heavier is what you need to do the exercise better. Right. You know, so that's that's a nuance that I think is probably always lost in conversations like these. So it's, you know, again, speaking to maybe this guy's point, like a heavy deadlift is, you know, maybe useless in a lot of cases, especially for, for athletes. But the, the pursuit of everything that the deadlift entails, your posterior chain mm -hmm. strength, your posterior chain engagement, your sense of midfoot balance, your ability to stay tight under heavy load, your ability to brace the core. All of these things, when you break it down like that, well, then you could say, oh, those are athletic qualities. Right. But you, you package it up into a heavy deadlift and suddenly the proverbial panties get in a wad. Right. I think it's important to remember, too, this guy like, was complaining about athleticism. We're not, we're not trying to be the athlete on the platform in the gym. The gym is a tool to train qualities that will hopefully transfer to improved athleticism on the field. But you don't practice one-hand catches over behind your back on a post route in the fucking gym. You, you deadlift and you squat and you press and you pull. Like that's, you train qualities in the gym. On the field, you hope that greater strength, greater speed, being able to jump higher, run faster, those are qualities that we have trained in the gym that we then express on the field. But if you want to improve, air quotes, athleticism in football, you practice your sport. You do the sport. Throw is throw, as DJ would say. Yeah. You throw, and you catch, and you run, and you sprint, and you cut. On the field, that's where you work on your athletic abilities. Not in the gym. The mm -hmm. gym complements all that stuff. It's not, it's not supplanting. So, and I think, too, for a long time, and I don't really see this or hear this much anymore, but for a long time, there was this, like, air quotes, sports specificity training in the gym. And I, I thought, I was like, oh, well... I need to do more rotational shit in the gym, and I need to do more single leg stuff in the gym because that's more relevant to sport. A, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Probably doesn't hurt, but within context. B, I am not an athlete anymore. I don't have to judge the quality of my training on, air quotes, athleticism, as I am not an athlete. You're a dadlete. I'm a dadlete. <laughs> and third, if you want to maintain a semblance of athleticism into your adulthood, then go, if you want to be good at running, guess what? Secret. Oh, man. You have to pay extra for this one. You should run. Or if you want to get good at jumping, I don't know, go jump around in your backyard. If you want to throw cones out in my backyard and run post routes, let's do it. That's awesome. I love it. If I want to get good at flag football and return to some semblance of athleticism, 
I would do those things. I would go running. But to sit here and be like, it's not going to make you athletic. It's just, they're not, they're not the same thing. Mm. But stop trying to pretend like the deadlift supplants running and jumping and catching and throwing. It doesn't. Right. right. They're different qualities. We train them differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's certainly, and I think the pendulum swings this way and that over the course of time. But, yeah, then you do have people who, you know, plant their flag uh, on a certain lift or on a certain style of training that do try to make that make that leap. Oh, you, you know, to say the, completely the opposite, yes, deadlift is the answer to all of your athletic right. qualms. And we've certainly seen, you know, people guilty of that, coaches guilty of that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself, probably still to a large degree today. But... It's it's important also just to, like, add in the obvious context into every conversation, which is, I I, I'm not training anyone who's dribbling a basketball on television, right, or th- or throwing a football on Saturday. Like that's just that's that's just not even who we're talking about. So, otherwise. If that is your gig, if you are an athletic trainer and you do have, you know, you you have uh, skin in the game, well, then proof is in the pudding. That's right. why, you know, even going back to uh, all the flack that um, Tom Brady and his coach... He didn't want to get too muscle-bound. ...have gotten, <laughs> you know, like we laugh because all he does is resistance bands. Okay, so he didn't want to, do, he want to get muscle-bound. So I hear... You know, who knows what actually goes on yeah. behind the scenes. But I, I can't hate on that I, because... He's the greatest quarterback ever lived. Quarterback. Yeah, so. But it's like... But again, it's like you, you wear the Tom Brady jersey not because he's jacked, but because he wins Super Bowls. Right. And marries supermodels. And, and he's, a, he's a superhuman... And divorces supermodels. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is a superman. Yeah. Uh, in, in one way of looking at it. So, yeah. And I mean, we've, man, I feel like I always see really wild um, highlights from like basketball team training. Like there was that video probably some years ago of a kid doing like a wall sit, like a wall squat with like, 30 plates like stacked on oh, his yeah. lap um you know and i think there was like a lebron james uh, standing on a bosu ball doing something wacky i think about that because when people are like what if you what if you could train lebron i'd be like if lebron james walked into my gym i'd be like lebron what do you want to do and he would write the program it's fucking lebron he's in the league whatever we do I'm not going to improve his 40 speed right. at this point. I'm not going to improve his vertical jump. And to try at this point would be putting him at an unnecessary risk to squeeze out what? A quarter inch on his vertical? LeBron's great. He's fine. Whatever LeBron wants to do in the gym, he can do. Like my clients, they're not LeBron. So they're going to squat and deadlift and press and pull. They're going to do all the big shit. And they're going to do it until it's hard. And then harder than that. And then harder than that. 
but they're not LeBron. Now, if they ever do sign a contract like LeBron, then they can call the shots. <laughs> but until then... Right. right. I, you know, I, I like these claims like this, like, deadlifts don't make you athletic. Because then I'm like, okay, how do you know? Mm. That's like when people say, like, oh, well, I should stretch because it reduces injuries. And then I'm like, does it? Mm. Like, I mean... The hint is no, it doesn't actually. There's no, yeah. there's no data to support that stretching prevents injuries. None at all, actually. In fact, there's probably a risk that it could increase the risk of injury. So all that is to say, when you make these claims like, oh, it doesn't improve athleticism, then I'm going to ask you, how you know that? How do you know? Kind of like um, you ever, you know, power cleans. Everybody in sports does power cleans because they improve. Vertical power, triple extension, right? Every, that's why we do them. Really heavy power cleans, improves vertical jumps. Does it? Is there actually a sufficient amount of data to demonstrate that power cleans improve vertical jumps? Because the last I saw the research, and this has been many years, it didn't. Mm. There are alternatives that you could use to increase vertical jump height without ever having to do a power clean. So if we're going to, and, and you, uh, you and I have talked about this, like at, at Gym 5 probably, the amount of time that it takes to get good at a power clean, it's a long time. It's a highly precise skill. To get good at doing it at all takes a long time. And then to be able to overload it such that your vertical is getting that much better, by all that time, we could have put you on a Vertimax or had you do, like, do box jumps or do like weighted box jumps. Same shit weighted triple extension only in a concept that's much easier to package much faster to set up much easier to learn and much quicker to adapt so why the fuck would i spend time doing power cleans when i could do all of the benefit of that stuff with very low risk very low skill alternatives so if you're going to sit here and say it doesn't improve athleticism i'm going to ask you how it doesn't do you have objective data that shows that deadlifting diminishes athletic ability Andy Van says, show me the science. Yeah, there's, there's so many unspoken rules that people adhere to and assume are true. And, you know, that's kind of one of the funny or kind of cool things about, you know, growing up and developing your own sense of self and, you know, making your own life as an adult is you get to question the unquestionable rules that you were brought up with or right. that you always assumed. Um, and it's, it's funny. I was talking to um, a, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend who I think asked something along the lines of like, what's the best stretch to do? And of course, you know, as soon as someone brings up stretching, you know, you're the first person I start. <laughs> I just I start thinking, oh boy, Andy is uh, sensing a disturbance in the force <laughs> somewhere. And I said, well, you know, I I have what could be a, a blanket like good enough answer, but the point is not the stretch, because. Because I think what you're getting at here is you're, you're, what you're probably asking is how do I loosen up a tight muscle? Right. And then from there, it's like, well, is stretching even the best 
thing to do right to quote unquote remedy a tight muscle versus like what even is the benefit because i think there's another kind of unspoken uh concept or idea that people assume is that a loose muscle is more resistant to injury or a loose muscle is a better muscle or a loose muscle is you know fill in the blank and it's like well you know have you ever thought that like like maybe not right you know like uh so the the rabbit hole that i quickly dove down and then quickly got (laughs) back out of was just this idea of like well yes you you probably don't want to feel overly tight in a muscle you you kind of want to feel like a well-tied shoe right tight enough that it keeps the shoe on your foot not so tight that you can't undo the knot yeah and then obviously right. not so loose that the shoe falls off your foot right there's a there's a appropriate amount of tension right for pretty much you know everything that moves right um so yeah, so I was like, well, it's it's maybe not a matter of a stretch, but maybe it's a matter of uh, the muscular relationships. So the example that I made was like the classic half kneeling hip flexor stretch. Right. You know, pretty much everybody complains about tight quads, tight hip flexors, tight low abs, tight hips, all that kind of stuff, which for sure, and it feels great to stretch out your hips. So my point was like, well, if you get into that half kneeling hip flexor stretch position you're and you stay in like neutral you're not you're not overly stretching the joint you're not like leaning forward or into a deep lunge or anything like that not that there's anything wrong with that i was like if you just adopt that position and you squeeze your rear end i would say the question that you're probably searching for that's probably the best answer that i have for you because you're reestablishing like a neutral hip, mm-hmm. you're squeezing your rear end, so you're adding stability into your hip mm-hmm. structure. And the stretch that you get as a result of that is probably just helping you refine neutral. Right. You know, so in a sense, are we stretching the hip? Are we loosening the hip? Uh, yeah, sure, maybe, but I just kind of think of it as looking at it from a function standpoint right functional standpoint so to speak so making sure that we um you know probably more often than not we strengthen what's weak right or we at least find a muscle that you otherwise don't think about or or don't know how to engage or aren't uh adept at engaging something something along those lines well in this particular case it's probably it probably is both you know, stretch and strengthen. I don't think it's one of, like, I don't know why we tend to think of these in, like, dichotomies, like, either or. You can stretch it or you can strengthen it, but you can't do both. It's like, you can do both. You're allowed to do both. So, going back to this, like, athleticism thing, you can get a strong deadlift and you can run and jump and catch and skip and whatever. Like, you can do both. Your body will adapt to the stimulus you put it under. So... You're going to get really good at deadlifting if you deadlift all the time. And you're probably going to get really good at jumping and running and skipping if you jump and run and skip. If you do both, you're probably going to be pretty good at both. 
kind of like the whole stretching thing or strengthening. You can do both and your body will adapt to whatever you're putting it under. They don't have to be mutually exclusive endeavors. Like why are we like pretending like you can't be both things? You know, that, that reminds me, and if I could find a, a clip or a post, you could send it to this guy. But every now and then you'll see someone at a powerlifting meet, they'll set a deadlift PR, step back and do a backflip. Right. Like on, like on the platform. Right. So it's like, well, I don't know, a backflip, that's... Is that athletic? That's, that's, Are we going to call that athletic? That's pretty athletic. I'm going to call that athletic. I can't do a backflip. <laughs> a standing backflip. A standing backflip. Especially flip. after a max dead. After a max deadlift. So That's because you're all potentiated. Oh, yeah. There you go. So it, it kind of all goes back to something that I like to say all the time, which is you get what you train for. You know, like you, you can be this and that. Certainly, we all have limitations in terms of like time and effort and energy for, uh, you know, attacking different fitness goals. But at the end of the day, you want to do a heavy deadlift, you practice deadlifting. You want to do a backflip, you practice backflips. Mm -hmm. You want to be, uh, you know, you want to throw a football to the, to the guy. What is that? A, a uh, receiver? I'm mean, about to say catcher and just a, let you run. A catcher? <laughs> you want to be a pitcher and throw to a catcher? Yeah. All right. Football season is upon us. You want to be gotta, a baller? If you want to be a baller, <laughs> you got to practice balling. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the world, the world is your oyster, you know, for the most part. You can get almost anything that you actually have the gumption to, to train for. And these things don't, most things do not need to be mutually exclusive. Right. Again, I think if you're complaining about a heavy deadlift, you're probably just a bad deadlifter. Now, if he played D1 football, he might be tall. And taller people typically have worse deadlifts. I have seen. I don't know. What's his name? Thor? The guy that played the mountain on Game mm -hmm. of Thrones? He's like six-something. He's big. And he can deadlift over 1,000 pounds. So I'm going to take that back. Maybe this particular tall person is a bad deadlifter. <laughs> That's a him problem, not a me problem. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, this whole conversation's funny. It, and it, again, it's a reminder of like, if we're going to measure the efficacy or the utility of a lift, we have to have a frame of reference. Mm. We say, is a squat good or deadlift bad? Good for who? For what? Deadlift bad for who? For what? Hey, hey, hey. Are you trying to be on the podcast? <laughs> Summer's hey, like, hey, I have a great squat. Hey. Yeah, for who? For what? Yeah. Um, yeah, these blanket terms don't, like, they don't make any sense. You can't just blanket term deadlifts are bad. We see this on the internet all the time. Mm -hmm. That's because people buy it. Well, you can't have nuanced answers like what we have right now. People don't like to pay money for that. That's, that's why this podcast is free. Free. <laughs> always has been, always will be, because Lord knows no one's going to pay for this. Right. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, I think we thoroughly uh, dissected, steel manned, and uh, held, held our own. In a, in a strong, strong position here on this uh, one-sided debate. Yeah. 
I mean, it's very simple. If you want to deadlift, you should deadlift. And if you don't want to deadlift, you don't have to deadlift. I don't care. You just probably should have a good reason, not a shit reason for doing it or not doing it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Andy can be convinced. You just have to. She just has to give him a good reason. I love doing this though, like especially at the gym with my people. I love talking about. it. I'm like, okay. Especially my client, he he fights me on the stretching thing. Ooh, I have okay. to stretch. I need to stretch. I'm like, do you? Do you have to? Do you need to stretch for your physiology or your psychology? Yeah, and at that point, because the people. Makes people feel good. I'm like, okay. You go, you go do that. <laughs> you go do the thing that makes you feel good. You know what I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do to stretch my hamstrings? I did it today. You know what I did to stretch my hamstrings? Tied your shoes. Nope. I did a deficit barbell RDL. Mm. That's a deep stretch right there. 185 pound assist deficit RDL. Yeah. Hamstring's feeling pretty loose right now. That's a fun one. <laughs> Dig it. All right on, man. Well, uh, glad to be back in the swing. We've missed a couple weeks here recently. And uh, yeah, for those who are maybe listening in a timely fashion, um, happy end of summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, third week of August. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Today's the 21st. Wow. Yeah. I think we're both talked out for the day, which could only mean one thing. It's time for us to thank you for listening, because this has been the A to Z No BS Show, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. <laughs>